Welcome to another episode of The Unconditioned Life with me, Linda Downey. If you're ready to leave the stress and the pain of your past so that you can create a joyful and vibrant life for your future, then you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. There we are. That internet's always just gives me enough to sweat a little bit. <laughs> oh, hello, hello. Welcome to uh, this episode of The Unconditioned Life, which is all about living a life free of the conditioning of your past, free of the pain of your past, overcoming whatever you need to overcome so you can live life on your terms. So the perfect person to talk about that today is my dear friend, Christina. Christina and I have done lives before, both for with each other, back and forth. And so today, it's very exciting. I'm going to let Christina tell you about herself and what's so exciting. But she has a book that has just come out that is all around this topic. So Christina, I'll, I'll let you dive in. Sure. And I just want to tell people, like, we did not coordinate the, co the okay. color matching. It's just like we're on the same wavelength because we got on. It was like, oh, my gosh, it's the same color scheme. So <laughs> Yeah, no. So thank you, Linda, for having me here again. It's always so great to to talk to you and, you know, to to pass on anything, hopefully to to your people. And yeah, I'm super excited because I've just launched my first book and the title is Empowered, the 20 percent power principle of discomfort. And if you indulge me in like one second or like maybe a couple of minutes, I'll tell you how I got to it, right? So what happened is, um, so my husband had uh, kidney cancer and he went into surgery, things didn't go well and he was in the ICU for 11 days. And then at the end, you know, the last day, he's the one that decided to get off the ventilator. So he decided that that day was gonna be the last day of his life. And I asked him and we would communicate with him blinking eyes. So I asked him if he was scared because we both knew that he was going to die that evening. We were just waiting for our kids to make it to the hospital to, to say goodbye to their dad. And, um, and he said that he wasn't scared. And then I asked him if he was sad. And he said he was. And it wasn't like we, you know, he was a stoic. Like I know him. it wasn't because like, oh, I wish I would have spent less time at the office. Um, we, we really lived our lives. We still died by design. It was because life was going to go on and he wasn't. So he was going to miss our boys graduating from high school, you know, hopefully weddings and grandkids or whatever it is that life has in store for us. Like he wasn't going to be a part of it. And, you know, I'm an empowerment coach and, and for my own husband to not be able to make my husband's last day alive, a happy one crushed me, even though like intellectually, I get it. Like it was just like, it was, it was really hard for me and I couldn't make it better for my kids. Like I just, I felt like there was no way of getting through this. Right. And, um, and, and, and one day I was like crying and, and it just dawned on me. It's like, you know, everybody has a 20% and I just put the number 20%, you know, it's not a scientific number of discomfort, of discontent, of sadness, of something that's not working in your life at that level that you would want it to. And everybody has that. Um, and it's not my responsibility to fix your 20% and it's not yours to fix mine. 
it's my, you know, it's, it's my responsibility as a coach to show it to you and then to show you what you can do about it. So what happens is that let's say that your 20% of discomfort is your health, right? And let's say that you're really, I'm saying health because I know you, you work a lot with health. Um, and let's say that just to make it easy that you wanted to lose 10 pounds and that would be your definition of, okay, you know, I might, that discomfort is going to go away. When you lose the 10 pounds, it doesn't mean that you're going to be 10% uncomfortable or discomfort and 90% happy. You're still going to be 20% of discomfort, but the container grew because now you lost the 10 pounds, but now, now you want to run a marathon, right? Because now you can. So the goalpost always keeps moving. Your life gets bigger, but that discontent, that little thing there is always going to be there. And what makes this a power principle is that you should welcome it, like make it your BFF because A, it's not leaving, but also that's where it's telling you where you should go, right? Like if you're discontent and it's really bothering you about your health, that or something that you're triggered, like that's the sign for you to say, this is what I have to focus on right now in my life. You know, if my discomfort is coming from an issue I'm having with my son, it just like, it's, it's kind of like the signs, the markers that it's things like, look at me, look at me, so that you can go and tackle that. And anytime you tackle that, your life is just going to be bigger and hopefully better, right? With that discontent. And guess what? As your life gets bigger, the discontent is bigger because you're tackling bigger things. And again, that's not a bad thing. We have this concept, you know, we look at Instagram and we think that, oh, we should be 100% happy and look this way and be this way. And it's just, it's not true. And intellectually, we get that. But if in our hearts, we understand that and we, you know, like we, we're not afraid of it, we just dive into it, then you have the power to change your life. And that's what the book is about, like discovering it, figuring out what's in there. And then I give you tools to overcome that discomfort so that you can grow your container. Mm. I know that was a little long-winded and I'm getting better at describing the book. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was interesting. I was like, oh, that's, I love how the perspective that you put on it. And what my takeaway from what you said there was that, uh, and this is a concept that I work on with my clients, not always the easiest or actually one of the most difficult. And that is embracing what's so. Mm. Embracing mm. what's so rather than, you know, wishing it weren't, fighting against it, resisting it, making it be the thing that makes you sad. But like when I listen to what you said, if I can see it as a place to grow my container for my life, then I can, and embracing it is the first step in doing that. Well, okay, then I'm in, I don't need to resist it. Mm -hmm. Right. But what are some of the things or is there anything from the book that you want to share with people? Sure. Um, well, first is, is that idea of, you know, like, don't be afraid of it. Don't be like, well, I'll be happy when blah, 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 you know, when, my kids are older and I can do something for myself or when I lose those 10 pounds or when I run the merit, like when never gets here. Right. And trust me that you're like, Oh, you know, like you'll be happy the day you die. It's like, trust me, not necessarily so. Right. Um, like that, that was the case with Joe. And, and it's just, 
you know, be happy now. Um, and, and happiness doesn't mean that everything is perfect. Happiness means that you can handle your discomfort. Um, and then, you know, the, I, I put in the sequence and I think you, you talk about this a lot, Linda, that, you know, we are our thoughts. And, um, so if we, you know, our thoughts dictate what words we use, our words are just our thoughts expressed, our words, our stories that we tell ourselves over and over again, that becomes our belief system and what, what we believe. And, and then from that belief, we either take or don't take a certain action because not taking an action is an action of itself. Um, and then those actions are going to dictate the results in your life. So if you want to change what your life looks like, you have to intercede these other places that get you to that result. And so I just go through each one of those things, kind of explaining it to you and giving you tools to, to tackle those, you know, that part of the process. And then by the end, you'll know what to do with your discomfort, right? Not only are you going to look at it as a positive, not a negative, but you'll also know how to keep growing your container. Mm. Yeah, I love that. You're absolutely right. I do. I think any coach probably in just about any area would talk about your thoughts, your words, your beliefs, because those are all the things that drive us. And those are the things that also block us. Um, and another thing, and this is a little bit beyond what you're talking about in, in your book right now, but another thing that I do with my clients is look at um, not needing those external things to mm -hmm. feel good, right? So we think we need the this and the that, which is why then you lose the 10 pounds and you're still not okay, or you're still like you're now your discomfort is somewhere else. Mm -hmm actually finding, which is a little bit of a different conversation as I, as I recognize, but finding um, the peace and the joy and whatever from inside, regardless of what we attain externally. But so, you know, both of those and somebody just said hello and somebody just said hi from Alabama. So I want to take a moment, um, <laughs> yeah, which we didn't do when we started and say, welcome. Thank you for listening. This is streaming in multiple places. So, um, if you are listening now and you can say hello and say where you're from, we, Christine and I would love to know that. If you watch later, say hello. Um, I'll always respond in the comments. And if you have a comment for Christina, I'll definitely pass it on and she will get back to you. Um, I know that about her. So, <laughs> so that's good. But thank you. And yeah, it's, please say hello. And since this is streaming in multiple places, I can't see all the comments from every place at once. I can only see, I think one place actually is what shows up. So thank you for saying hello from Alabama. And um, somebody else gave a thumbs up. So I just want to tell you that, Christina, because I don't think you can see that, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. And you know, the um, the one thing that that I think I, I, I like people to know is like, life happens, you know, like life is not rosy, like these things happen. And so when, when my husband died, my 20% was consumed by my grief, you know, like, like that was first and foremost, and I couldn't see beyond that. But as my container grew, it wasn't that my husband means less 
to me is just that my container grew and now I had a little bit more space for other things. And so my grief wasn't like in my face, front and center that, I mean, I couldn't breathe. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes because the first thing people tell me is like, oh, but I'm like 80% miserable. And I'm like, but are you really? You know, it's like, I don't think you are. I think that, you know, what, what we tend to do, like me and my grief, right? Like it was just like, it was so overwhelming. Yeah. The moments that I, and I know you understand this, um, you know, but the moment that I zoom out and I don't, and I can see, and I can see everything else that's going on around me. And it's not just this. Um, then I realized that my grief was 20% of the rest of my life, you know, like, like the, it's just that it was so overpowering at that moment that I had to handle it in order to be able to move through it. So this is not about toxic positivity. This is not about saying, oh, you know, like think positive and everything's going to be okay. It's like, no, you know, like life happens and things suck and it hurts and whatever, but you can go through it. You can feel it. You can pass it and you can grow your container and it's always going to be there always. But, you know, nowadays my grief is, is less front and center than another issue that I have in my life. But that doesn't mean that I'm not a happy person. That doesn't mean that I'm not a grateful person, that I'm not living my life on purpose, that I'm not doing the things that I love. Like right now I was snowboarding this morning and I ran over to, hence the hat. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't see my hair uh, you know like there's lots of joy also that happens and if you put things where they belong you can feel that yes yes it makes such good sense and um maybe a lot of people listening will know that i lost my daughter a few years ago so you have christina pretty suddenly losing your husband just a year ago just the one year passed and it you know, that hit you blindsided. And I lost my daughter after 15 years of preparing for it. So very different experiences, each one no less front and center at for, you know, whatever time it was front and center. But I love how you put that, you know, we we focus on that. And I find in, in terms of grief, sometimes people think they're doing the person a disservice if they stop focusing on it or stop letting it be front and center. You know, like I can't do that because then that'll mean I, you mm. know, I'm not honoring who they were for me or I'm not honoring their struggle or things like that. So I love how you put it. It's still there. It can still be there and there can be joy. Mm -hmm. We can have joy even when things are really awful. Yeah. Because it is not like in the grand scheme of things, it is not your whole life. And I know that like that that's a little bit of like some people may not like to hear that or accept that, but that's my view of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I refuse to make my 20% my 100%. I refuse to look at my life that way. And if, again, like if I zoom out, I can be like, I have my cuds, my, my cuds, my kids, I have my, you know, my snowboarding, I have this, I have like, I have so many other things that I can put things in perspective, but not when I'm in the middle of the trigger of the emotion of the, you know, like when it's that, when that's, when that's the case, I can't see anything else and that's okay because that will pass, right? Yes. Like that, that <laughs> will go, 
and then you'll be able to see it and it's okay right like it's it's that sense of if you change the way that you think about things like you give yourself an opportunity of being okay even when things are not okay and when I, and I know that this is not a, and this book is not a grief book at all. It's just like, that was my experience that made it very clear to me with this whole concept, but I hated every great grief book out there. Like, yeah. like I could not resonate with any of them because I was just like, I don't want to feel this way forever. And my not feeling this way doesn't mean that I loved my husband any less. It just means that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. He died, right? But my kids are still here. My life is still here. So um, so I think it's like giving yourself permission to put your discomfort where it belongs, which is not always front and center. It's on the side. It's like a 20%. Yeah, that is huge. That's such a great point. I, um, for the same reason, like I didn't join support groups, uh, you know, like, moms who lost their child or whatever, because it becomes the place where, where I think a lot of people can get stuck. I didn't want to get stuck there. It's one thing that happened to me over the course of my life. It's a big thing. It's a huge thing. It was a painful thing, but I have another child. I have my life. So um, I didn't want that to be. And so it's very similar. I think we, I don't think we've ever necessarily really talked about that, but we're definitely, we're definitely like on the same page. Well, um, look at the colors, scheme, you know. Yes, apparently so. Apparently so. But I wasn't snowboarding. I was, I was out with my dogs, and I was like, oh, I should change before we go live. Yeah, nah. You told me you were going to be coming in from the mountains, so I felt free to be a little, a little more casual. And now somebody else says, "Hi, you two from Copper Mountain, Colorado. You two are all nice. Yeah. We're heading there in April, so." For, for a snowboard competition for my kids. Oh, is that our friend Sue? You know who that might be? Sue Fong. It is Sue. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be there. Hi, yeah. Sue. I know um, it says Facebook user, so I didn't realize at first. Ah, uh, yeah. And, you know, um, I hope that my book brings hope, right? That it brings... Um, that it brings maybe a different way of looking at things because it is, it is what I didn't get when I was going through the worst year of my life. Um, like I didn't have that, like there was nothing out there that was, that was telling me like, you're going to be okay. You know um, it's, it's just like put things into perspective and, and I hope that this book kind of fills the gap there. I'm sure it will. And by the way, it is Sue. She's saying, yes, it's her. So, so we were on. Um, Christina, where can people, and we can keep talking. It's not like I'm trying to wrap up, but I do want to make sure if people want your book, mm-hmm. um, where can they get that? Do you have a link you can uh, share with me or you can just, I'll type it in? Um, so it is, shoot, hold on. Let me, let me get it. And I should have been asked. I should, I should have been more prepared. No, so what I did, and um, I can tell you the story, like I started a Kickstarter for the book. And the difference between Kickstarter and a GoFundMe or something like that um, is that um, it's not a donation. It's, um, you know, you're, you're just pre-purchasing something. 
So the book right now is on pre-sale on Kickstarter. And in addition to the book, you can get like a book in a Q&A session, a book, you know, and then like, and then there's a class that focuses the 20% in parenting because we need to allow our own kids to feel their 20%. And if we empower our children with this knowledge, it will change. It will change. You know, it's like it's, it's intersecting them before they have to go through all the crap that we had to go through and figure this out. Um, right. I have another class for money and business. So um, that's where, where you would go to get it. And I have the link, I think. Oh, here we go. I'm going to put it right here on our private chat. And I would... You know, we are fully funded, which means that, you know, I, I met my goal, which means the book will be published. I have an editor and all of that good stuff. But the more like I really want to get my message out and this, you know, if you're going to buy the book anyways, or if you're interested in it anyways, buy now. there's a whole lot of other goodies now that won't be available once the Kickstarter is done, which will be uh, February 4th. Then you'll be able to buy the book on Amazon and anywhere else where books are sold. Awesome. So I just put that link in here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to read it. I'm going to get it. But I, so somebody after Sue mm -hmm. says, hi, it's her. Somebody says, I hope to get where you are with grief. Thursday is the fourth anniversary of her husband's death. And at that date, as that date nears every year, it's very difficult and does consume me. The rest of the year does get better though. Yeah. Grief is very individual, right? And everybody has their process and it's a very tender process. Um, so I don't think anybody's ever going to tell someone's like, well, you should be over it by now. Like, no, that, that's, I don't, I don't think that's fair or right. But I think that if you recognize like you do, you know, the rest of the year, it does get better. It does get better. So when you're going through it, be like what I did with my husband's anniversary and granted it's the first one was like, I made it a celebration of him and I made it a positive, like we did things that he would like. We, you know, we, we, we just did a second celebration of life and honoring him versus missing him, you know? And, and of course we missed him and there were tears and the days were difficult, but I knew that that would pass too. And it's knowing that it'll pass that allows you to be in the discomfort of the moment and, you know, if, if the date brings you that sadness with it, feel the sadness. Like, don't ever deny yourself your emotions and your feelings, but put your feelings where they belong. It's, you know, feelings aren't facts. Feelings are just an emotion and they will pass and then life will continue and you'll be able to access your, the brain that thinks and put things into perspective and get back again. And you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. Like your, your grief is a part of your discomfort and that's going to be front and center around these important dates. Yeah. I, I would like to share something about how we've navigated the loss of my daughter. So one thing is we put a lot of emphasis on her birthday. We mm -hmm. still do a little birthday party, like with my son, my husband and I are no longer together. And yet on her birthday, we get together with him and we sing happy birthday. Um, so we really emphasize the day that she became part of our lives, not the day that she left being part of our physical lives. That's one thing that we do. And people will send me a message on the day that she passed. And I mean, do I know it's the date? I absolutely do. But I almost am sort of like, 
Oh, oh, thanks. Like I am not really thinking about it. I don't, you know, as we're coming up to it too much. I love that. I love that. Thanks. And then the other thing we do is um, we really keep her. So for me anyway, grief a lot is about the past, like relating to her, like how it used to be missing how it used to be. So I relate to her now in the present. She's not here physically, but I talk to her a lot. I, you know, I just um, whatever. I wear her color, her favorite color all the time. Her favorite color is in my marketing. It's my coffee mugs. Like I just keep her energy all around me. And we do Dia de los Muertos, mm-hmm. my son's idea. And we just have a great time. We make sangria and we make Mexican food and we get a little buzzed and we just tell great stories and we crack up and we cry. And that's the other thing is like the crying sometimes like instead of getting sad around her death date, sometimes I'll just be like, well, this happened. I was doing dishes and Eric Clapton was on. He's in my soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then his song. Um, Tears in heaven. Yes, I could. I was, I was going to start to sing it. Thank you for saving me because I was going to go, <laughs> would you know my name? But you said it. So it came on and I was like, <gasps> like my breath, I actually dropped to my knee and it had been a totally no, no significance to the date. I was just on a Saturday, sunny Saturday doing my thing. And I cried really, really hard. And then the next song that came on was Lay Down Sally, which I love. And I went, oh, Lay Down Sally. And I started to dance. Like I just like the grief, like like a tsunami. Mm. And then through and I went back to my life. So I don't know if that's helpful to the to the person if you're still listening. But that's kind of the way grief has gone for me and what I've chosen to do to navigate it in at different times. And one thing also that I that I do talk about in the book is that there's we have we live in an either or world, right? Like you're a Democrat or a Republican or you're this or you're that. And there's both and so I can be both sad that my husband died and happy that I'm in a mountain where he would be if he was like where he loved. So I can feel like love for him and be like, you know, gosh, you would have loved this and sadness that he's not here at the same time. Yes. I think it's just allowing all of it to come. And then once it passes, then you can process it. But trying to process it in the middle of like falling on your knees crying because I know what that feels like is not possible, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. That is a great, um, a really, really great thing to remember that some of the work I do with my clients, we can have joy, even when things are really hard. It doesn't mean we have to lose our joy in life and in being alive. We can just deal with the thing that's really hard, however, we need to deal with it and still be joyful. Yeah, joyful with sadness. So Oh my goodness. I'm so glad we matched today. And I'm so glad that we have this conversation and um, your wisdom. I've always been in awe of your wisdom before Joe died and then how you've navigated and shared your life since he died. And actually, as that was happening has been so inspiring. So I just thank you for writing this book. And I know, again, it's not about grief, but it is about how you have been so powerful in your life. So thank you for that and for telling us about it. You're welcome. And, you know, 
there's no powerless is like my, my, my horrible emotion. Like it's my trigger. So I hope that, you know, you don't, if you do feel powerless about something that you read the book and you can feel powerful and empowered that you can do something about it because you can't, it's a choice. And, yep. um, you know, hopefully that, that gives you the tools that you can do it. Yeah. 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 So awesome. Thank you. And Sue says, so great seeing us together, miss our times together. Cause Sue is another amazing, um, was a coach for many years and businesswoman and friend. So thanks for listening in. Okay, so I'll post this around. If anybody has any questions for you, Christina, I'll make sure that you get them and you can answer them. And thank you so much for coming to chat with me today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. If you're interested in this, go to the Kickstarter, purchase the book. It just makes like my 20% of discomfort a little better because... <laughs> And look, you can get a digital copy for 10 bucks and get all the tools too. So, um, oh, it's cool. like, yeah, it's not like this, it, like you have to pay, you know, like you, there's a thousand dollars or there's $10, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So, um, but go in there, check it out. The book comes out at the end of March and, um, yeah. And I hope you love it as much as I've loved writing it. Yeah, you're welcome. There's one last question here. Why did anger faces show they shouldn't have? Uh, maybe somebody reacted with an angry face. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So anyway, um, okay. Thank you for all of that. I'm going to click on that myself and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Ciao. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you are ready to truly leave an overwhelmed life of stress and struggle behind and live as God intended, whole, joyful, and connected, please reach out or go to lindadowneycoaching.com, my website, for more information. Give yourself some grace and kindness today and every day, and I hope to see you on the next episode of The Unconditioned Life.